0: I tried to position the camera right in front of the screen, so even if you look at yourself, you're still kind of looking at the camera. Yeah, I see that. It's a little better than the past. No, I appreciate that. Hi, everyone. Um,
1: (laughs) I didn't know we were We've been
0: live for like 10 seconds. Hey, everyone, (laughs) welcome back to another episode of The SP. We are continuing a small series on the gospel, Um, the gospel starting with, uh, last week we talked about guilt. We're Mm kind of going through those three pieces, guilt, grace, and gratitude. and it's not that the gospel is a gospel of guilt, but again, rather, like we said last week, it, it, it forces us to come to terms with our own sin and brokenness mm-hmm. and that we are guilty of those things. Um, That's like the, that's like the rough part of the gospel. So I feel like last week was a little, last week was a little maybe tense compared to.
1: Yeah. It's more of like convicting because nobody wants to hear that they are guilty. Um, yeah. But so you are. today's the fun day. <laughs>
0: yeah. Today is the fun day um, because we're talking about grace. Yes. Grace, not just the thing you say before a meal. No. Nope. Or that friend who lived down the block when you were. Grace was like a girl's name, a fairly common girl's name when I was a kid. It's coming back. Is it?
1: Mm-hmm. It's coming back for sure.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't met any like young graces, but again, then again, I don't really have many friends who have kids yet. Yet. Yeah. No, and the ones I. Back. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like people are going to get more and more into like those other biblical names. I think so, too. There's some awesome ones in there i've been reading through the old testament and like i mean i just finished genesis this morning and going through those names and it's like oh if i named my child this no teacher in school could ever pronounce that name ever <laughs> <laughs> let's try it i yeah. don't think alana would have it but no. that's okay <laughs> she might have some i don't know i have not asked her and talk to her about it so we'll have to see um grace yeah anyway back to grace <laughs> tangent um back to grace uh yeah, we're going to talk about grace today. Grace is a word found a lot in the New Testament, but is also found in the Old Testament. And, Monet, you said it uh, before we started this podcast. We were talking a little bit about it, and Monet brought up that grace is a consistent thing throughout the entire Bible.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'll elaborate that on that a little bit. So, um, to prepare for this, I started studying grace more and more, and I start from the Old Testament. and um, I went through the concordance and I went to go back and see what Strong's Strong's concordance. So we might, everybody might not know what that is. So it's a concordance is where if you look up a word and let's say you look up grace, it's going to show you everywhere in the Bible where you can find that word. So I start going through and it starts um, in Genesis. And what's interesting is a lot of times in the old Testament, it translates into find favor in Mm -hmm. your eyes, not necessarily the word grace, which you see more often in the new Testament, but it translates you know that it's the same. Yeah. Um so I went through and it was really interesting to see that that is strewn throughout the Old Testament, people finding grace or finding favor in the eyes of God. And what I discovered as I was reading that was it really reflected when I looked back I saw that these people were undeserving. Mm. Many of them were direct sinners, um, or they may, they did something directly against God. Um, or they were people like, um, I recently read, for example, Gideon, right? So he said, who am I to find favor in your eyes while
0: hiding in a Hawaiian press?
1: Right, right. It wasn't so much, (laughs) it wasn't so much that he had done something at that time that directly sinned against God, but he was not considered Righteous or noble, or any of these things. He was from a weaker tribe mm-hmm. and one of the weakest people, and he still found favor in the eyes of God. So mm-hmm. that was grace. And I thought it was interesting that it's really a reflection of the character of God. You know, a lot of times people see the Old Testament God and the New Testament God, and the New Testament God is the one who has grace. But really, the Old Testament God, which is the same God, is just as graceful.
0: Yeah. And it's, that is, that's, that's kind of the key is that a lot of times people will read, I mean, even in church history, there was, there were instances where people wanted to just completely remove the old Testament. Oh, so like, no. it's not the same God it's not, or, or remove like most of the old Testament and keep maybe the Psalms or things like that. It's just like these weird, these weird things where it's like, again, people were thinking to themselves, well, this God doesn't seem the same as this God. So, or I like the way God is described in the New Testament. I don't so much like the way he's described in the Old Testament. So I'm going to crop that part out and forget about that. And the important thing is there is a consistent thread between the old and the New Testament. Obviously the person of Jesus is the central central point of scripture and everything in the Old is pointing to him and everything in the new points to him, but, God's character is seen consistently throughout the Old Testament yeah. and the New Testament. And a lot of times people look at the God of the Old Testament and they see things like fire and brimstone on right. Sodom and Gomorrah. And they see him um, see him being okay with the Israelites going into Israel and conquering a bunch of tribes and, and killing a bunch of people. and um, But that's what everyone was doing back then. <laughs> it was right. very war-torn. So there's context. But on top of that, um, they, they look at maybe the negative things that happened. Um, and say well the kind of new testament doesn't seem to be behave that way or act that way um and i mean i would push push to say like in reading the whole bible you do see that even in the new testament god does some things where you're like whoa like in acts where you have people um withholding uh basically uh it's this i'm gonna i'm totally blanking now but there's basically a story where two people uh sell a field and they go to bring their money to the apostles right. and
1: oh the, the woman and the man the, the wife and yeah, the well, husband i can't remember their names for some reason i don't remember their names either but I uh, whatever what
0: yeah um but they hold back they basically say here's all the money we got and they withheld some now it probably would have been fine if they withhold if withheld because they're like we actually need some to invest in this new investment but they lied and basically said here's all the money we got from the field and they literally are killed on the spot they're not not killed like murder they just drop dead yeah and so so to say like the old testament god and the new testament god are different you even have those consistencies too but this idea of grace is kind of that thread that connects god's character because um even in in jonah when when jonah is running from the he runs from god and then he goes to nineveh he sees that then people of nineveh turn And repent as god called called jonah to tell them to do and then he sits in like the in in the desert and he's just pouting he says god i knew you were merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love i knew you wouldn't hurt like he's just whining but he's saying the characters of god right there
1: and he didn't have the bible that like he didn't have what we have you know that was he had um scriptures not put together the way that we have them and so his comes from knowing about the character of god through the old testament alone right it's not so if somebody in the old testament is literally saying that you can see the the character of god i think just to mention as a reminder the reason why grace is important is because of what we were talking about last week Mm -hmm. um guilt, and human sin, which, like we mentioned last week, is something that is just part of our nature. So we require grace, which is essentially a free gift. It's undeserved. No one owes it to us. Um, That's what grace is. And we find in in the New Testament that we receive permanent eternal life, Mm -hmm. grace, through Jesus Christ.
0: And it's important to point out that because of that sinful nature, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. So if every single person has sinned, and it's ultimately impossible to atone on my like I can't atone for my own sin unless I die. It's the whole point. Then eternal life is out of the picture if it was left up to our own devices. So if it was, um, if if I wanted to, so you see in the Gospels, people will go up to Jesus, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life, or what must I do to enter the kingdom of God? And Jesus basically tells. Them to do something which maybe to some people doesn't sound that difficult, but what Jesus was doing was directly getting at the heart of the person. So, the guy who says, What must I do to inherit eternal life? He says, Well, you've heard it said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbors yourself. And the guy's like, Wow, I've done that before. And Jesus says, Okay, great, now go sell everything you own.
1: He's like, Uh, well, it literally says
0: the guy walked away sad
1: because he has lots of money
0: because he has lots of money. And Jesus was pointing out that this guy was idolizing something else other than putting God first. He was breaking the first commandment. Right. So Jesus says, follow the commandments. And the guy goes, I do that. And he says, okay, now sell everything you own. And because he refused, he was showing he was already breaking the most important, the first commandment. Um and so he Jesus was really just literally pointing out, hey, left up to our own devices, left up to our own ability, we cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We cannot be saved. Right. So grace, that free gift, that finding favor before God, is simply out of the kindness and the love of God's heart has nothing to do with our ability to do it. Mm
1: -hmm. And I think that's, um, you know, I was, this seems to be a theme lately, something I've been thinking about and talking about is, and I know it, it sounds harsh initially because um, we like to think that we are graceful as humans and merciful um, when people don't give us a hundred percent of what we expect, Mm. but our God is a holy God. And in order to be in his presence, Like 90% isn't enough. And it's not, you know, it's really not. And if we expect God to be there 100% of the time for us, I'm not saying that we can be 100%. That's what what the atonement is. That's why we require Jesus, because it's not possible for us to be that 100% that is required to be in the presence of God. So Jesus makes up for that in his sacrifice for us. Right. Um, so to say, you know, when somebody says things like, uh, you know, well, I can understand why, why I have grace, like I'm mostly good. You know, I make little mistakes here and there. Like, even if they're tiny, it's not a hundred percent. Um, and that's, again, I, I think it's important to, that's not to sound mean. It's just the truth, sure. And the truth is, is that that's what God requires. And I honestly don't want a God who requires anything less. Yeah. Then, then the this best. is the so beauty of sense. grace. You know no, I mean? that's it's the yeah.
0: beauty of grace is that God requires perfection, but at the same time, we can't do it. He says you can't reach perfection, so let me, in the person of Christ, make you made perfect. Right. And that's. Amazing. So it's like, rather than have a God who says, you know what, I'm gonna give you 85% quota, like if you can make 85% good decisions and 15% bad decisions, that's good enough. Like, I don't want a good enough God, I want a perfect God, right? Who wants to worship a God who looks and says, Well, I'm going to balance the books here. And it's like, Okay, well, they did 50 good things. And they did 50 bad things. So if you can do one more good thing, just to tip the balance a little bit, you're in like
1: that. And talk about being unfair. Right. That would be we say, oh, that doesn't seem fair that uh, some, you know, a God who has like no like no written Mm. reason for his decisions and just changes on a whim, which we can see through the Bible. God doesn't just change on a whim. He doesn't have to change. Nor does he change. Like we were saying, his character is exactly the same. Um, Could you imagine if you had an inconsistent? god like that who just based on whether or not he likes you more he made a decision to do x y and z based on how he felt that day yeah you know because that's really that's really what that um that's saying you
0: that's know? how people are i mean that's how and we don't want a god who's like people right and i think that's ultimately what it people Will praise those who think the same way as them and ultimately shaft and hate those who don't think the same way as them. I mean, that's really, it is hard to find someone who, you can have patience, you can, but to to show the love that even Christ displayed to enemies, to people who didn't that's want. That's a tough one. That's hard. <laughs> yeah. and. I mean, you see it in our, in our nation. I mean, today's Inauguration Day. This had nothing. We did not plan on doing this on no, Inauguration Day. it, it just, just randomly kinda, happened. We couldn't do Monday, so we switched it to Wednesday, and right. neither of us are really paying attention to politics. Let's be real. But we are a little bit. Um, it's Inauguration Day, and we see <clears throat> that our nation is completely divided. And I don't mean just divided like, oh, I, I believe one thing, and Monet believes another thing. It's literally like people chomping at the bit to attack other Attacking. people. Attacking.
1: It's not just division. Um, right.
0: So imagine God was like that. Imagine God said, look, you can either be like me or I will hate you. I want a God who says, I am perfect. I am, the, I am the epitome of perfection. And what I want to do is look at you and say, look, you can't live up to my standards. So I'm going to come take care of what needs to be done so that you can be at my standard because I love you. And that's, that's amazing. And that's grace.
1: Yeah, that's a, you don't have to, he doesn't have to do that. Now, this just came to mind. And as a pastor, I think it would be helpful if maybe you went over a little bit um, and I'll chime in if I can. Um, I think to really understand grace, people need a brief background on atonement Okay. and what that means. And I know it's like a topic within itself. Well, we
0: can go into a couple of quick things. Yeah. So the the Levitical law, so all the way back in Leviticus. This is Old Testament. Again, why we shouldn't throw out Old Testament, because a lot of New Testament won't make any sense without it. Um, actually, most of the New Testament won't make any sense without it. Uh, anyway, the book of Leviticus describes all these different laws. And one of those laws is, well, first of all, sin is established. It shows what is sin, what is not sin, mostly what is sin. And on top of that, it gives instructions for what must be done to atone for sin. Now, what that means is to say, if you sin...
1: Um, it's to even maybe to maybe a
0: good way to think of it is like uh now if some of you viewers are catholic or practice catholicism you go to confession and a priest will hear your confessions but then he might say to go do something like hail marys or um pray the rosary beads or something like and that, that levels the field and the idea is okay you sinned you confessed it that's the important part now and going to pray these things now what you're doing is you're I don't think they would say it's atonement. I don't, I don't think the Catholic Church believes you're atoning for your own sin and doing that. I think it is that it is an idea though of like leveling the field. Mm-hmm. Atonement on a deeper level is saying that sin requires a sacrifice. And so if you sin, blood must be shed to atone for that sin, to make that sin. You're not, you're not it's not disappearing it's not going away it's just the sin no longer carries the burden or the penalty that it did it must be atoned for so back in the day uh, in old testament law people would have to bring an unblemished lamb so a, a a lamb that doesn't have any spots doesn't have any scratches or bumps or bruises or weird weird cut off wool shaving somewhere it's just Perfect. the spotless a spotless lamb like a, a nice spotless lamb and what they have to do is they would have to sacrifice that lamb in the temple as their means of atoning for their sins so this is a real basic but it's kind of the the basic concept of what atonement is so that's why i personally like john's gospel of the four i know all the four gospels are great but john's is my favorite, because what John does is he takes a poetic approach to the story of Jesus. So while Matthew, Mark, and Luke are more like eyewitness accounts, John's is also an eyewitness account as a disciple, but he also is a poet and takes it more poetically. And he says in the very beginning of the book of the gospel that Jesus is the Passover lamb led to slaughter. And you're like, wait a minute, what? And then you have to read the whole of John's gospel. And at the end, Jesus is sacrificed on the Passover. Why that's important is that at Passover, people would come to the temple, come to Jerusalem, and they would bring these all they would bring these animals that they needed to sacrifice in order to atone for the sins of them and their families. Um, so Jesus, going to the cross, going back to this unblemished, perfect, spotless, righteous lamb. Jesus lived sinlessly. He didn't sin. Um, because Jesus was God in the flesh. He was he was fully God and fully human. So even though the human side of him felt temptation, we see that in like the temptation in the desert, in Luke 4, um, in stories like that, even though Jesus felt those things, he never succumbed to them because he was also fully God. And because God is righteous and 100% righteous and that righteousness of God cannot be tainted, Jesus was actually incapable of sinning. So Jesus did not sin, though he felt the temptation of humanity. Um, he didn't sin, and therefore, when he went to the cross, he effectively was the spotless, righteous lamb necessary to atone for the sins of the world. So unlike a sheep, like just a lamb you brought in that was a symbolic sacrifice, Jesus, being human, was the ultimate sacrifice. So he he atoned or he washed away the sins of anyone who would put their faith in him and their trust in him, saying, he's my lamb. He is my sacrificial lamb. Right. That's grace.
1: That's grace. That's why I, I really thought it was important to make yeah. like to explain a little bit about um, what atonement is and why it's necessary. And I know that's something that I really struggled with understanding. And I realized it's because God is perfectly fair. Yeah, that's he's, a good way to look at it. You know, yeah. He's perfectly fair, and if we want Him to stay consistent, we can't really get upset about. He's also fair. Atonement.
0: Fair by the standards that He established fair to be. Not that I want to go down that route. No, it's enough. An- but (laughs) a lot of people say well how come how come you have to push your faith in christ to be saved that doesn't seem fair what if a person never heard about jesus that's all explained in the bible we can talk about all that another time another time but god is fair based on the standards that god has deemed to be fair now that might sound corrupt that might be like a a politician saying well i'm deciding today that this is what's fair and this is what's not
1: but this is eternal. if if god created the world
0: and created everything wouldn't he have also created the order for what fair is fair and what is not fair is not fair just because you might think differently doesn't mean anything and that's the guilt side but the grace side is saying god looking at you and saying even though you think differently i still love you so much to bring you back into the fold right it's amazing
1: that's really amazing um i i feel like the word amazing doesn't even doesn't even really describe it once you begin to understand or once a person really settles into knowing their sinful nature
0: unfathomable
1: unfathomable is a really good word for it even though we
0: kind of can fathom it because we can think about it.
1: I don't know. But there's no, I mean, honestly, when I look through the Bible, and I even think about myself, if I'm honest, how often I literally, like, for lack of a better phrase, like, slap God in the face. Like, he'll give me something, or I'll be graced with something, and within 24 hours I forget, and I start complaining, or yeah. I'm dissatisfied, and we see that throughout the entire Bible. Sure, yeah. Um, And it is... It is so, we're gonna talk about gratitude next week. Um, And you know, having kids myself, I know how it feels when you do something nice for your child and I'm you know it's I, I
0: don't have kids I know I yeah so
1: it's it's helpful for me having kids because I mean it's nowhere near God but I think I can have an understanding a little bit it helps me to go like well I kind of can see this and if I can do this for my child I can see how God you know is like a thousand yeah. times better but when I do something I really think that my child is going to enjoy or I make some kind of allowance for them mm-hmm. uh, that I know that they didn't necessarily deserve or like I kind of give them like for example they have a a consequence for a behavior but then something comes up like not watching tv and then a friend comes over or something like that and then they're like mom there's this special circumstance can i make a can i make an exception and once in a while i'll do it and then when it's time to turn off the tv why is it time and i'm thinking to myself you weren't even supposed to be watching this and they've forgotten i that was grace they not only did they not deserve it They not only did they not need to watch it, they didn't deserve it because they did something that violated whatever rule it was. And now they've forgotten that they weren't supposed to be able to watch it and they're complaining that they can't have more. Yeah. And I feel like we do that consistently.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you know, that that makes me think and it leads into to gratitude a little bit, which is good for next week. Um, but grace, the grace of God is is more than just, hey, you're saved. And I think that people especially in in the current day of evangelical christianity it's like saved and unsaved like that's pretty much the fo- the focus is like and it, being saved is part of it i mean you read acts and people say what must i do to be saved and um you know they'll say things uh, if you declare with your mouth that christ is lord and you believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved that's all part of it um but we also see in scripture a much deeper piece of this is after salvation, or the, the biblical term justification, when you are made, you are justified before God. So, Romans said, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, therefore, being justified by faith. So, our faith in God justifies us. And putting our faith in Christ saying, I believe he is the Passover lamb that died for my sins. By doing that, salvation is found. We are justified. We are saved. You have eternal life. You've inherited the kingdom. All good. But the true mark of that is something called sanctification. And those are only two big words I'm going to give you this week, justification and sanctification. But justification is just part of it. So if God's grace only meant you're saved, that's how we would behave. We would feel entitled to things. We would feel uh, when something didn't go our way, why I'm I'm one of God's We're saved? saved. Now, why so... is the, why are things going badly for me? And it's like we complain or we feel we feel uh, upset that there's um things aren't going our way, and it almost creates that that therapeutic deism stuff we talked about in the past. And the reality is that after that justification happens, there's a another step where God says, "Look, not only am I going to save you." But by grace, I am going to do a work in you that continues to make you more and more like me. So that's like circles all the way back to that perfection piece of if God is perfect and he requires perfection, how great is it that he takes something imperfect and says on the rest of your life journey, now that you've given your life to me, you've given your life to Christ, I life, not life to Christ, life to Christ, I am going to continue to do a work in you that makes you more and more and more like him
1: and it really is yeah. a beautiful process yeah um, it's hard it's hard and <laughs> if you don't you know you just made me think about it um so if you listen to any of our prior things you know i was um i was very new age and i honestly if i think about it i was addicted to self-help and personal development mm. like addicted to it um and It looked good. It looked like, oh, you just want to be a better person. But in reality, I always wanted to purge myself of anything negative. And it was really... Like
0: toxic positivity. it It was
1: toxic positivity. I wanted to be perfect. It didn't start off that way, I don't think. But it eventually became to... Be- came to a point where like what can i do to become perfect i gotta, sh- I
0: gotta shed this negative energy. i have to shed
1: this negative energy <laughs> so i must do x y and z which is a religion all within itself yep. and it's very workspace but it doesn't seem that way we could do another video on that but um you know i was i was very much that way and um I was addicted to it. I know all the positive affirmations. I was into law of attraction and I had been in, actually I'd been in therapy since I was like 14 Mm. years old. So I knew all kinds of ways to develop personally and become a better person. Um, but then eventually I got to a point where that wasn't working anymore. And since I've become a Christian, um, I've become I've come to a place where I understand what it means when it says that God will replace my heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. Yeah. Because despite all of my self-help personal development um, stuff that I was into and that I had a solid understanding about, there are certain heart changes that have occurred in, in honestly a short period of time that there's nothing, this is grace. Absolutely nothing. No affirmation. No work that I could have done yeah. to change that that fiber in my heart. It's a whole yeah. new way of seeing things. A whole new way of approaching things. Um, my that I never ever could have done on my own because I've tried. For Let me years. get that
0: Hammond B three organ up in here. Just start getting those gospel Just <laughs> preaching. <laughs> um, but we, uh, you know, it, it it does. It makes you think of self-help, self-care, this the self-concept stuff. The question is, it's it's not it's not bad to seek help. It's not bad to seek care. It's important things, but the question is where are you getting your concept of what that help is and that yeah. concept of what that care is. And that goes back to what we were talking about weeks ago of the standard of the Bible, the standard of God's of God's word is God in Christ can make you the best version of who you need to be like, that's it. And that's, that sounds like that trendy talk of no, self care, but, but that's the reality is if you want to be your best self, the only way to do it is through Christ because you're becoming more like him and he is perfect. Mm-hmm. Not to say you're going to be perfect. That perfection doesn't happen until way down the road, which you will not see while you are alive like and breathing. But right now at the same yeah. time, you become more and more like Christ. And if we believe like it says in the word that Christ was perfect, to become more like him is the only way you're going to become your best self, mm-hmm. not through chakras, not through crystals, not through self-help reading, not through breathing exercises, not, I mean.
1: Those things, the breathing, you know, certain things, aspect. a lot of those things don't help and they're very dangerous, um, but. You know, I understand certain things like like certain breathing things, um, you know, that maybe a therapist gives you to help with anxiety or yeah. something like that. Um, but for the most part, it really is this change that happens through
0: But that stuff's not gonna inherently transform no, who you yeah, are. Yeah, that's where
1: I'm looking for. Yeah. Only grace will do that.
0: <laughs> the grace of God in Jesus Christ can do that. No nothing else can can do that for you. Right. So I think that's um I mean that—that that is grace that we have been given this free, free gift of transformation in the person of Jesus Christ. That there is no reason why any of us should see salvation, but on top of that, why any of us should even become more and more like Christ. Nothing we can do, nothing that we can can put down, can ultimately do it that way. And God looks at us and says, "I'm going to make you that way," and that's amazing. That's right. the gift.
1: It is. So yeah, I can I just mention. Of course, you, you got to re- give your wrap. Up. I know. My- um, you really, <clears throat> I think that a lot of times the experience that, um, pastor Will's talking about happens through faith. Mm. Um, I know for myself and other people I've spoken to that heart transformation doesn't happen until you, you really put your faith in Christ, It's true, um, yeah, yeah, that's when you start to feel it. Because if you had it before, you had true faith. It would be easy to just kind of take the gift and walk away. <laughs>
0: now I'm reformed, so I would say that that heart transformation comes first, or simultaneously to putting your faith in maybe Christ. Well,
1: maybe simultaneously. <laughs> Must
0: be simultaneously. Because
1: I'm reformed too, but maybe I don't understand. So tell me why.
0: And we can talk about that. A different
1: show. So so. I and, don't want to get
0: into all that fancy.
1: Okay, too fancy.
0: Salvation stuff. Too yet.
1: fancy. <laughs> it feels that's my experience anyway. So even if that's the surgery, you use heart, God, I like heart the surgery heart surgery. A lot. even if that's how it's working, which I believe is, is probably true, the experience that I have for me personally didn't doesn't occur until maybe it is actually simultaneously with faith. It kind of grows as my faith grows. Um, but real- again,
0: it comes back to that guilt and grace thing that apart from God's love and mercy, we have scripture verses where Jesus says things like. Nobody comes to the father unless, or nobody comes to me unless the father draws him, that the spirit does a work in us. Like she was saying, um, like money was saying, uh, re- remove my heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh that God does something supernatural within all of us. And that is the act of grace, that transformation piece. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I guess that was. I do want to mention though a little learning thing. Um, Learn if you're, you know. Because I wish we could put
0: a little banner at the top. Learn Write this, this <laughs> down. Write this do,
1: down. Do, 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 do. Just info, you know, <laughs> good to know. Um, because I know one of the things that we talked about was atonement, and for some people, that's a difficult thing to understand and yeah. grasp. Um, and I found that a really helpful book in the Bible for me to get that was Hebrews. Mm. Hebrews yep. really went over that for me. Um, do yourself it, a favor yeah. too when
0: you read Hebrews and try to find some like. <clears throat> fairly simple commentary on it because there's so much Old Testament Testament stuff in Hebrews, but which would help you understand atonement even more. But even just reading Hebrews, yeah,
1: I found that to be because it references the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. so then I was able to look back on the Old Testament because it's very clearly referenced, you know, it's in quotes. So, just an area if you were interested in learning more about atonement, um, in the Bible from the Bible from scripture, that is my personal favorite book that addresses it and makes it made it the clearest for me. Awesome, so.
0: Well, great. So we got one more week of this series. It's gratitude. Yeah. Um, which again that concept of sanctification becoming more and more like Christ feeds into a whole new way of life. And we're gonna talk about that starting next week. So until then, we need a better sign off. But we for do. now
1: Ta-Ta for now. Ta-ta for now.
0: Great. We need a pooh style. <laughs> You don't mess, you don't you do my